the Messiah's Branch Broadcast, a one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Well, greetings, saints, and welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We are broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on that American Voice Radio Network. Well, today's date is October Saints, the world is in turmoil. Most still don't realize it, but we are in that time at the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin as it always is in the world and look to that holy city. Look to the water suffered and died for you. Did you not hear the sound of the shofar? Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please, please, please make the choice for Yeshua tonight if you haven't already. If you need help after the program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, leave your name, number, prayer request, and or what? Message. The phone number, of course, just skip to my cell phone, and that is my real cell phone. In an emergency, or just you just call me on my cell phone, 316-619-4886. Text me first so I make sure it's not a robocall. Now, you can always find updates with the breaking news all about the Wichita Mission Church radio program archives, contact information about our guests, and all of these different things at our ministry hub, which is very simply, hey, prophecyhour.com. We are, remember, we are a live radio program, which is simulcast live on the net internationally. It's on some independent FM stations for different MP3 streams for live, kick, twitch, rumble, phone bridge, and picked up by most every podcatcher out there that I can see anyway. Let's thank our listener base. That's worldwide in places like Helsinki, Finland, Frankfurt, Germany, Nottingham, the United Kingdom. Yeah, that's, I wonder if that sheriff in Nottingham is still over there. I'm just joking, folks. Okay. Of course, cities in the United States such as Winter Haven, Florida, Dallas, Texas, Wichita, Kansas. Last week, Provo, Utah, you were the largest group of our listeners to our programs when they hit the podcast site at branch.podomatic.com. Okay, folks, uh, and I want to thank you for visiting ProphecyHour.com. You know, we our other site was knocked out by Google about two years ago, so the new site of ProphecyHour.com was placed up, and we put a counter on it. And that counter today says that I've had 10,472,848 people visit that site since about 30 minutes ago. That's a lot of people, 10 million Thank you, folks. Now, prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua, home in Jesus' name, I pray. Father, I really, really pray radio tonight wakes up some people because you need to give them ears and wish to hear and understand the truth. So please, Father Yahweh, in your Son, Yeshua, home in mighty name, bless this program tonight. Well, folks, we are so blessed. We're having Pastor Carl back on with us tonight. Last week, he did a great program explaining the current conflict in Israel from the biblical point of view. We called that program Israel Attack from Genesis to Revelation. In fact, that uh, program has picked up a lot more listeners uh, than normal, you know, so it's really getting out there. If you haven't heard that program, you need to hear it. And tonight, this is kind of a follow-up to it. So uh, tonight we will talk about things like, was Israel created by the U.N.? Does that matter? Is Israel fake? Are the Jews fake? Well, Carl absolutely decided to come back on, and, and uh, in fact, it was his idea to come back on and talk about this, and this is a subject that I wanted somebody to address for a very long time, but here it is, Carl Gallup's on his white horse coming in to do the, the dude, duty. Anyway, who is Carl? He's a best-selling author, senior pastor since 1987, talk radio host. He's heard nationally and internationally on TV and radio guest commentator. You know, he's a former decorated Florida law enforcement officer, which gives him great insight into the way that he 
investigates and does things and writes his books and as well as his ministry book. He makes sure he proves his point. He's the founder of P.P. Simmons News and Ministry Network, and he's also a member of the Board of Regents at the University of Mobile in Mobile, Alabama. He's written 13 books right now, but he's working on another one. Anyway, the rabbi that found Messiah, the magic man in the sky, final warning, be thou prepared, when the lion roars, gods and throws, gods of ground zero, the rabbi, the secret message, the identity of Messiah, gods of the final kingdom, masquerade, the summoning, glimpses of glory, and the Yeshua protocol. And believe me, you should get all of them. But that Yeshua protocol really has some astounding things in it. So let's see if he's here. Welcome, Pastor Carl. Are you with me? Pastor Dan, I am. And congratulations on that 10 million visiting your site. I, I hope I don't ruin it. I, I mean, <laughs> after after I'm on, they may say 10 people visited your site. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I get it. You know, it's it's pretty astounding. But I, I put out, you know, it's not all radio programs that get them. I put out a lot of news, you know what I'm saying. But the news draws people to the radio programs. And so, you know, we do have a wide audience, but you're part of that. You know, people, I you're one of my, of course, my favorite guests, you know. But it, I can always tell by the reaction of the people that, because uh, we do get a count. You know, we can't tell how many people listen live, of course. But yeah. when it goes to podcasts, which, and I hate that word podcast, because I started radio and putting programs on the Internet before they really was calling things podcast and everything. Anyway, so the point is, is though we can tell just about, you know, how many people goes to that one particular site. While we are picked up by other sites, that one right. site, you know, gives us kind of an insight. Anyway, back yeah. to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I understand how all that works. I just hope I don't uh, hurt your ratings, brother. No, you <laughs> you're so, you're so gracious. Anything. I know. I think you sometimes just feel sorry for me. You know, we we started <laughs> get well. Actually, you had a radio program before I did. I think I, I had one for 22 years, but I've stepped down from that. I'm, I'm I'm so blessed to be doing so many interviews all over, and so plus writing more books and pastoring a church. So I just had to change my life up a little bit. But, right. but again, I'll say this. I know most of your audience knows you were the very first person to interview me on the very first book I had ever written. And back then, WND Books was a major publisher out of Washington, D.C. And, I mean, Bill O'Reilly wrote several books with him, right. congressmen, senators, uh, representatives, congressmen, that's senators and representatives. But they were writing, other famous people were writing and being published by WND Books. So I was honored to do that. And, and you picked me up. Brother, listen, I'm telling you, again, for the sake of sounding like a couple of old men repeating themselves, <laughs> let me just say that I remember I can take you to the exact motel room I was in. I was, uh, I was going up into Jasper, Alabama to meet with a group of pastors um, who wanted to talk about that book and how, you know, and everything that was in it and just... You know, I, I mean, I was starting to get out there, and they wanted to meet me, and I knew some of them, so the rest of them wanted to. So I was on my way up there. I, I spent the night in a motel because I had that meeting the next day. But that night, my publishers had lined up to do an interview with you. And I can remember thinking, you know, sitting down that night on the phone. It was a radio interview by phone that, well, yeah. this will be my very first interview. And there you were. Pastor Dan, and in the Lord, brother, I fell in love with you the first time we did it, man, and we've been been going at it ever since. So God bless you, brother. Yeah, well, God bless you too. You revealed a lot of things on this program, you know, whether it was you know the Obama birth certificate things and and lots of things. And here's why you're such a plus. You know, you you are so well versed in so many things that. Anything can happen out there in the world or going on in the world, and I can ask you, and, and even jokingly, sometimes I try, well, maybe he don't know anything about this, and you always got an answer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't put that pressure on me, brother. What are you You're probably going to ask me something tonight, and I'm going to have to say, you know, I don't have a clue. <laughs> uh, that way, but I'd probably fall out of my chair, you know. I, anyway... <laughs> Anyway, moving right along, that was really a great program that you did. You addressed. I wish you would have had. We would have had more time. 
because yeah. you did such an excellent view of explaining to the people about how this conflict in Israel really isn't just about a piece of land and everything, you know. But it, yeah. In yeah. fact, I called it from, uh, you know, Israel, the, uh, from Israel, or not Israel, from Genesis to Revelation, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, brother. No, listen, I did want to uh, spend some time tonight addressing what I consider to be, and again, I'm not trying to act like I'm the all-knowing one, so there will be people that disagree with me, And uh, but what I consider to be a lot of misinformation out there about the Jews, today's Jews, about um, Israel, is it the real Israel, and how should we support it, even if it is, and Look at the evil they do, and all all this stuff you hear, and then of course you know the the whole thing replacement theology. The church has replaced Israel, and all the blessings that used to belong to Israel now belong to the church. Well, you know, there's a little bit of biblical truth to that, but not nearly as much as people make of it, because the word of God is or God has rescinded His promises to Israel. But anyway, so I just wanted to address all that. And there's one passage of Scripture that, oh my gosh, it just, in your face, addresses three or four of the main issues that people take uh, umbrance with concerning Israel being in the land. And I wanted to hit those, and then I wanted to tell your audience as we do this, that, and we're going back to the Old Testament to do this, um, to, uh, to one of the first and oldest prophets in the Bible, um, uh, among the major prophets. I mean, Moses right. was considered to be the oldest prophet. But anyway, among the major prophets. Um, but but the Apostle Paul quotes from this passage, and buried in the middle of this passage is this amazing revelation, but you have to have eyes to see. And what I mean is, I'm not making this up. I'm not pulling out of my back pocket. I'm going to expose this. I'm going to show you what it says and what it really means and then I can tell you, I've written on this before, there are dozens of classical, renowned scholars who have seen the same thing. They've written about it. And then the Apostle Paul actually quotes it. So I know I'm right. <laughs> I mean, Amen. because Paul quotes it, it's in the Bible. And these other scholars have seen it. And it's this hidden declaration about Jesus Christ himself right in the middle of this prophecy of the return of Israel in the book of Isaiah. So, anyway, Amen. before I dive in, do you have anything you want to say? Or, or you know, because once I get started, it's hard yeah, to Yeah, exactly. I, I ter- folks, I just give it to Carl. It's his program. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear it, and I will say a word, folks. Uh, we're trying to get him on, but I just got the mail. You know what I just got in the mail, Dale? I got this new what? book. It's called Blood Alliance. I Did you get that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's Zeb's new book. I wrote the forward for it. Yeah, and, I haven't even been able to open it yet, but I'm excited. And I sent him an email, and I hope he answers. He probably will. Uh, he's a little hard right now to get a hold of because of all the, you know, yeah, what's going on. But, but I'm sure he will. But um, listen, I've read every word of that because he sent me the manuscript and everything and said, I want you to write the forward for it. You know, I wrote the forward for his last one, uh, Unmasking the Chaldean Spirit. And I said, well, right. Seth, you know, I, is it going to hurt you or help you if I, if I write the forward for your second book? <laughs> he said, no, brother. He said, the reason I want you to write the forward is because you actually read the book. You, and, and you did that with the last one. You read every word of it. And... And you know, so I want you to I want you to do that again if you will. I said, Okay. So I did and it's about a three hundred something page book, but oh my gosh. It, I mean it reads really quickly and nicely. And the other thing is and he actually says this in the book, so uh I, I, but there was a section there that I contributed uh chapter material at oh, his really? request. Yeah, at his request. And it was about the the understanding of the whole the, the temple understanding, you know, of the Haikal and the Mikdash and the 
you know, in the Hi-Iran in, in the Greek and the Naos and then the, the Deber. I mean, I've talked to you about that before, the nickname yeah. for Mikdash. And anyway, so he knew that I knew a lot about that, and he just wanted my insight on that. So I did offer those chapters. But, you know, four or five, yeah. six chapters out of 50 yeah, chapters. Amen. Like this. But, well, so I think anyway, so anyway, anyway it's a good book. You're going to love it. Yeah, let me throw this in and then I want you to get started. Folks, I will be putting a link up to the book. And like I say, I've contacted him and, and when and if we can get him on, we're going to get him on. It's a, going to be a great book. Okay, Carl, yeah. take it away. You got about, Thank you. We've got five minutes at least before break. Okay, I will. And let me just say, Zeb's book is scheduled for release to the public January the 15th, I think, which is oh. just right around the corner. So that's why you're getting all the material now. But that's really cool. It was published by Defender Publishing. But anyway, I've read it word for word, and oh my gosh, it's going to knock people's socks off again. He's got such depth of understanding of the Hebrew word, the, the word of yeah. God, and the original language. He's, he's he's a Jew. I mean, you know, some of that understanding can only come if you lived a life. You know. Yes, I mean? yes. He speaks Hebrew as his first language. So anyway, it's it's a great book. And anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay. okay. So let me just say to to your listeners tonight, as we as I address some of the main questions I'm going to address is is this the real Israel over there in the Middle East or is it a fake Israel? We're going to address that. We're going to address well, you know, it can't be the real Israel because. You know, the real Israel, the the boundaries of it were much larger than what's there now. And so God surely wouldn't bring them back uh, to a land that was smaller than what they originally had and then call that Israel. So that's an argument. Um, another argument is, well, listen, Israel, this is not some supernatural thing. This was... This was done through the Gentiles, the Gentile nations, the United Nations, the Palestinian accords, the Palestinian uh, uh, boundaries and, and the rules and the laws, the Balfour Declaration, you know, but that and on of the Gentiles, Great Britain, the United States helped. Gentile nations, they're the ones that God surely wouldn't use Gentile nations to, to, to bring Israel. So there's that argument. And then the other argument is, those are not real Jews living over there. Those aren't even real Jews. And I hear that all the time. So we'll address that. Now, uh, and then we address people will say, okay, well, so, you know, how are we supposed to deal with Israel? They make mistakes. They do stupid things. They even do evil things. The largest homosexual rally uh, parade, gay parade in the world is in Tel Aviv every year. So Israel can't be this wonderful nation of God. What's up with all this? Why is everybody so pro-Israel? All right. Does that sound like an interesting show to you? Well, I'm excited. Take it. Those are all questions that, it, that I get plagued with. So go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, if the, for the listeners, if you have a moment and open your Bible to Isaiah 49, I'll be reading out of is the 1984 edition of the NIV, the New International Version. But it reads just like the ESV, like the King James or the New King James. The information that's here is going to be compatible with all of those popular translations. But I just wanted to know what people, what I was reading from. And um, but Isaiah 49. Now this is really cool because it's a part of that whole suffering servant section if you will because it you know eventually in my opinion kind of culminates in Isaiah 53 you know which is a beautiful picture of Yeshua himself and being pierced for our transgressions you know and 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 taking the stripes upon his back by which we are healed and it it goes all the way through actually talking about his resurrection yet he shall live and he shall see his posterity and on and on he was buried with rich people but 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 yet you know killed with with um uh, with criminals we can say well all of that just matches up with the gospel perfectly so that's isaiah 53 so isaiah 49 is building to that and and i've preached and taught on your show about isaiah 52 and some astounding stuff that's there isaiah 52 and isaiah 53 i do deep dives on that in my book yeshua protocol and I even have illustrations. I've got 41 illustrations in that book. And I've got several on Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53 that just knock your socks off. So that's the setup. What I'm doing tonight is going to Isaiah 49 because that kind of sets up the culmination there. But so anyway, how much time do we have, brother, before break? 
got about three minutes before break. Oh, okay. Well, let me just tell the folks then. We're going to be deep into this in just a moment. But let me just tell the folks. Uh, uh, Isaiah 49, there's a portion of it that is quoted by Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. And I'll tell you where all that is in just a moment. But Isaiah 49 answers. It answers questions about... You know, he will bring back his nation. He will put them in the promised land. They will be in the area of where it was in the beginning. And this will be a sign to the nations. It will be God's way of showing the world in those days that he is on his throne. And it goes on to talk about who it was that was instrumental in bringing them back. I mean, God, of course, the throne of heaven, but I mean, humanly speaking, who was it that was instrumental in doing this? And then what do we do about this size of the land? I mean, you know, the nation, if this isn't really the the same borders, the exact same borders, then how can this be Israel? Isaiah 49 answers all of that. So we'll get into all of that. Then I'm going to jump right into the latest DNA research on who those people are that are living over there. Oh, it's wow. quite, yeah, it's quite astounding. Uh, when we got off the air last week, I thought to myself, I said, you know, I'm just going to see if there's anything new. I mean, I already knew of some DNA research, but when I got off the air and started researching, I found an article that was three days old as of last last time we were together, and they were talking about it, so I can give the latest information on that. So that's what I'll do when we get back, and I can tell people right now, you can find out everything about me at carlgallops.com. My books, articles, all my sermons, interviews, um, tons of information, articles I've written, stuff about me, if you care about, you know, finding out who I am. That would be the only thing. I don't mean I'm so great. I just want you to know who it is that's talking to you. So my bio is there and a lot of cool stuff, plus resources. If you know people who are caught up in drugs, i got some great resources. Any kind of addictions, I've got great professional resources. People who, who need help in, in sexual problems, uh, maybe they've been sexually abused, etc., etc., sexual hurts. I've got great resources right there with phone numbers, emails, uh, videos you can watch, things that you can help other people with. So that's at carlgallops.com. All right? Oh, so yeah, okay. is it time to go to break, brother? Yeah, just in about 30 seconds. But, you know, that folks, that, that sexual abuse thing is uh, you really seriously need to get um, pastoral, some pastoral counseling or something on that because there's some other spiritual things that most people don't understand. Yes. Anyway, uh Anyway, folks, we're going to go, we're get out of here, go to a break. We're going to come back and I'm not going to blabber a lot after break. I'm just, and we're going to get right into this. So let's go to break and come back shortly. CarlGallops.com. Pastor Dan will be right back. In this time of the social and spiritual breakdown of America and the world, in these prophetic end times, God is calling multitudes of Christians to the Ozarks and other safe havens around the world to survive so they can spread the gospel. The Ark Haven Intentional Neighbors Vision is to prepare Christians physically, mentally, and spiritually for these end times. Thousands are coming to the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas and Missouri, where even the CIA says it's one of the safest places on earth. The Intentional Neighbors concept allows Christian neighbors to own adjacent land to each other so they can aid and help each other. The community is exploding with nurses, a doctor, and other professionals as well as many others. If you cannot afford to buy a house, you can rent a house. Call 479-502-1789. That's 479-502-1789. Or visit arkhaven.org. That's arkhaven.org. Tell them Pastor Dan sent you. In Genesis 41, tells the story of Pharaoh having a dream of seven fat ears of corn followed by seven blasted ones, meaning there's seven years of plenty and then there was seven years of famine following. We are now in seven years of famine once again, starting September 25th of 2021. 
Joseph's Kitchen is about getting actual wheat berries, putting them through a meal, takes 30 seconds, putting it along with the ingredients into a bread machine, pushing a button, two hours, 20 minutes later, you have a nice steaming hot loaf of whole wheat bread. Most long-term storage food is from nine dollars to $10,000, one person, one year. At Joseph's Kitchen, it's two people, one year, about $2,000. Then you decide whether you want to have food for one person, one year, two people, one year, four people, one year, or six people, one year, all at josephskitchen.com. That's right, about $1,000 per person per year at josephskitchen.com. josephskitchen.com. We're back. This is Pastor Dan Catlin. You're listening to Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour on American Voice Radio Network. Stay tuned. Carl's going to start in a minute. Um, I just want you to pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. Our numbers are doubling and so on and so forth. And Thanksgiving's coming up. It's usually our biggest day of the year. So pray about supporting Thanksgiving as always. And so pray about supporting talk radio. You can donate online, cash out, mail a check or money order, all those normal things. Find us at prophecyhour.com. And remember, talk radio, you need to share it. And I will say this, you can notice with a lot of programs and a lot of articles how people, the mask is coming off of a lot of people about what they're saying about Israel and whose side that they're on. It's really pretty amazing. Anyway, we're now back with Pastor Carl. Are you with me, Carl? I am here, Pastor Dan. All righty. Well, I'm ready for you to take it away, and I'll be sitting here listening. Okay, all right. Well, let's just jump right in it. First of all, we're going to be dealing with Isaiah 49. And first of all, we'll just say what it's about. It is about Israel. It's about God's calling of Israel. It's about God's hand of anointing over Israel. And when I say Israel, I'm talking about as a nation, as the people as a whole. In other words, this was God's promise to Abraham through your seed. Well, who was his seed? Well, eventually it was Jacob, Isaac, and then Jacob... And from Jacob, his name was changed to Israel, and through his line particularly came what we now know as the Jewish people, the Hebrew people. In fact, Abraham, he's first called a Hebrew, the first person called a Hebrew. And the word Hebrew in the Hebrew language, uh, it, it, it means a one who has come out, one who has crossed over. So remember, he was called out of Ur of the Chaldees, brought into, he came across the Euphrates, if you will, in that area, and came out of that and into the Promised Land, where God took him on a mountaintop and said, all of this will be belong to your seed, and out of you will a mighty nation come. Those that bless you, I will bless. Those that curse you, I will curse. And and so the bottom line is, it was from the Abraham seed. Now, now the New Testament tells us all who are under the blood of Jesus, we're all Abraham's true, true children, children of faith, the same faith Abraham had. Well, we'll get to that later, but I just want to remind people that this is when, when the Bible speaks of Israel uh, in that way as being the prophetic piece of God's hand, the prophetic tool in God's hand, and when he speaks of Israel returning, that's what he's talking about primarily. The nation, yes, but he's also just talking about the whole spiritual aspect of it. Of, of how God used them. Because here's the thing. When he tells Abraham, through you the whole world will be blessed, he's talking about the gospel, Brother Dan. He's talking about the church being born. He's talking about the preaching of the gospel. He's talking about the coming of Messiah, the cross, the resurrection, uh, the giving of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church. That's what he meant when he said, through you the whole earth will eventually be blessed. And I added the word eventually, but that's what it means. All right, so... When we come to Isaiah 49, he's reiterating this because, let me tell you the context of Isaiah. Isaiah is the prophet in the days right before and during the time that Babylon is going to destroy this southern kingdom of Israel as Judah. Capital at Jerusalem, the temple, Nebuchadnezzar is on the rise. Uh, the, the nation of, of Judah is is falling into apostasy and wickedness on on the mount of olives outside the city there were all kinds of 
wicked, idolatrous, worshipping places, some of them built by Solomon to appease his wives that he married from all over the nations. So the whole place was just becoming filled with idols and idol worship. And, and, and even though there was a succession of pretty good kings, there were also wicked kings, the apostasy in the temple, the apostasy among the people. And Isaiah was begging them all to repent. He said, if you don't, Nebuchadnezzar himself, he, he will be here. He will take you into captivity. And the people mocked him. So, so anyway, so Isaiah writes, and eventually that does happen. And so then Isaiah writes to comfort the people. He has visions of the future, the deep future, even our time. Um, he has visions of the return of Israel. And, and I'm going to say in 1948, Isaiah doesn't set that date, but he, he sees them coming back and he describes it. He has visions of the coming of Messiah, of Jesus himself. He even uses Jesus' name in Isaiah 49. You'll see in just a moment. He does. And so you're going to see all that. So much so that Paul quotes from Isaiah 49 to prove that that his name is there and the whole gospel is there. All right, let me just get to I'm going to scan through it because it answers four or five of those questions I was talking about uh, earlier that we get hit with all the time. All right, and here it is. So it starts off, it says, Listen to you, listen to me, you islands, hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. Well, what's he talking about? He's, he's speaking of Israel. Before Israel was born, God chose them. He called them. And it goes on, he says, From my birth he has made mention of my name. Of course, that would be Jacob, later turned to Israel, then the nation of Israel. So it goes on down talking about how he's going to display his splendor. That's in verse 3. In the nation of Israel. I'm going to display my splendor to the world. And then you come down to verse, oh, verse 6. And he says, Now, is it too small of a thing for you, Israel, to be my servant? Is it too small of a thing for me to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel that I have kept? Now, remember, they're getting ready to go into captivity, if not already. Well, they're already there by chapter 49. So he is getting a word from the Lord that God's going to bring them back, and they're going to come back to the land. And then he's saying here, he's saying the Lord has shown me this, and, he, and then he's going to give details that's going to just stand against all these arguments we get all time for people saying it's a fake Israel. So anyway, it goes on to speak of, of these things. And then he says, God says, I will bring you back, Israel. I will bring you those that I have kept. I will also make you to be a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Remember all this. This Then verse 7, this is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel. By the way, the only other person in the whole Bible called the Redeemer is Jesus Christ himself. God calls himself the Redeemer. And then he goes to say, you who were despised and abhorred by the nations and the rulers, but kings will see you and they will rise up. Princes will see you and they will bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. All right. Now, I want you to hear these next couple of verses, then I'm just going to start answering these questions. Verse 8 and verse 9. This is what the Lord says, quote, In the time of my favor, I will answer you, and in the day of salvation, I will help you. That's quoted by Paul in 2 Corinthians 6, 2. I'll tell you the context in just a moment. He said, I will keep you, and I will make you to be a covenant for the people. I will restore the land, reassign its desolate inheritances, I will say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. And then down to verse 12. Behold, they will come from afar. They will come from the north, some from the west, some from the region of Aswan, or some translations say Sinim. Sinim is the Hebrew word, the modern Hebrew word for the Chinese. Sin, S-I-N, is the Chinese word for, excuse me, is the Hebrew word for China. Sinim means Chinese people. So, I mean, even from the east, from the far east, from what we now know as China, but of course China didn't exist in Isaiah's day, but the dynasties of those eastern people did exist, and we have historical records showing us that Jews lived in those lands. Many of them were fleeing persecution from the ten tribes that were taken into captivity in the north during the Civil War. Some of them were seeing Babylon on the rise, and they fled to the far east. And so it says, but in the last days, I'm going to bring them back 
from everywhere, from all over the earth. All right? Then it goes on to say, uh, oh, let's see, verse 18, lift up your eyes, look around, all of your sons and daughters gather and come to you. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear them as ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. And he goes, though you, verse 19, were ruined and made desolate and your lamp was laid waste, but now, and then he goes on to say, and I'm going to paraphrase, and then I want to start doing some preaching and teaching here. I will bring you back. I will restore you from all of the nations. All right. Now, so Isaiah 49, I've just said that very quickly to set the context of what it's all about. It is definitely about the return of Israel in the last days, uh, uh, the last epic period of time before the return of Jesus. Well, but that means that Jesus has to return somewhere in there. Well, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But let's just talk about this for a second. <clears throat> so, when people say, well, what's over there in the Middle East? That's a fake Israel. And I say immediately to them, that's interesting. I can show you a dozen or more prophecies, and here's one in Isaiah 49. I can show it to you in Ezekiel 37, and all the way back to Deuteronomy, in uh, 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 a dozen other places where God says, in the last days, I will restore the scattered people of Israel back to the land and the inferences in the Middle East in the same place where they left from I will bring them back and God says in Ezekiel 38 and 39 and other places in fact Deuteronomy he says it when when Moses sees into the future of what's going to happen he says I'm going to do this to show the world that I am God and beside me there is no other in fact in Deuteronomy God says has any other God little g ever tried to do such a thing take a people who are not a people turn them into a great nation and and bless the earth through them he says that has never happened and it will never happen and then he goes on in Deuteronomy now before Moses before the Israelites ever even set foot in the promised land he prophesies in chapter 29 30 31 32 he prophesies about how once they get in the land, they will eventually slip into apostasy and they will be swallowed up by the nations. Well, that's what Isaiah is writing about now. But in Deuteronomy, Moses prophesies that that's going to happen and says they will be scattered to the nations. But then he goes on to say, but in the last days, I will gather them up from the nations. I will bring them back. I will make them into a mighty nation so that the nations will know that I keep my promises and I am the Lord. That's in the book of Deuteronomy, brother. And by the time we get to Isaiah 49, Isaiah seeing the same thing. He's prophesying about it again. And so now we know what this is. They're coming from all areas of the earth. Now, people say, well, that's a fake Israel. And my, my answer to them is, that's interesting. There's over a dozen prophecies like I'm talking about. And there sits Israel. And there's not a single prophecy from Genesis to Revelation about, now you better watch out in the last days. There's going to be a fake Israel there. And the nations are going to start fake wars with that fake Israel. And those are going to be fake Jews. And, and, and don't be deceived by that now because that's, that's you know, nowhere in the Bible does it even hint to that. Sometimes people will take stuff totally out of context. <laughs> like the Go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I actually I chuckled on that one. Oh, because okay. You know, fake it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to redeem the time. It's my my fault. But anyway, but but in Revelation, you know, you read about the synagogue of Satan, and people say that's it. That's fake Israel. Wait a minute. That the, it doesn't say that. That's not what the, the word synagogue just means a meeting place. And I know it's used for the Jewish people, but I could call my church a synagogue. But these people, the, the biggest attack against the church in the in, in the in the first couple of centuries started coming out of the Jewish synagogues because they were trying to reclaim those Jews who were all following Yeshua, and so they were spreading false doctrine and false teachers. Paul fought them continually. He wrote about it all the time. That's what John's talking about. That's what God was talking about in Revelation, is saying the synagogue of Satan. In other words, these are people that have rejected salvation. So guess who their father is? Jesus told the Pharisees, your father is Satan. If you reject me, that's your father. So that's what that's about. It has nothing to do with the return of Israel in the last days. Again, we're reading a chapter right here out of one of the most famous uh, prophets of Israel, Isaiah, who's categorically quoting the Lord himself through prophecy and declaring, oh yes, 
they will come back. They will come back to the land. They will come back to the Middle East. They will be the nation of Israel again. And God's going to gather up his people. Who's that? The Jews, the Hebrews. Now, they have intermixed and intermarried throughout the nations over a thousand six hundred years but there is this thing called dna we'll get to that in a moment he says but i know who they are i know who my people are just like i knew in noah's day which animals had corrupted flesh and which ones didn't which people had corrupted flesh and which ones didn't i will bring my people back and put them there so there's no such thing as a fake israel what's over in the middle east ever since 1948 has changed the world. It has upset the world. The nations have been in turmoil ever since, and now we're living in the midst of it again. The alliances of Ezekiel 38 are forming up right before our eyes, and people are still sitting in churches saying, well, that's a fake Israel. Well, excuse me. Excuse me. I don't know what book you're reading, but it's not. And so... Isaiah 49 declares this. I need two hours, brother, but I'm going to keep going forward. So, now watch this. Now, so people say, okay, well, I got you on this. Uh, that Israel, the border of Israel over there, um, it is nothing like the original nation. I mean, they had the, the Negev. They had the, uh, the, 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 the peninsula area over there. They had the Gaza Strip. They had all that. Yeah, and this Israel had all that, too, until the nation started trying to make them give it back. But anyway, here's the deal. People say, well, but that land over there now, that's, a, that's, that's a, just a narrow strip of land compared to what it used to be. Interesting. Even Netanyahu, when Obama was in office, he was trying to tell uh, uh, Netanyahu that he needed to go back to the 1967 borders. And Netanyahu even said, that would be too narrow. That would be too small for us. Our enemies would devour us. We can't get. We cannot do that. Now, interesting. People who say, "Well, that land's too small. That's not the real Israel." Guess what Isaiah forty-nine says? He says, "Lift up your eyes, look around." This verse eighteen. All your sons gather and come to you. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear them as ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. Verse nineteen. Though you were ruined and made desolate, and your land laid waste, now. You will be, you as a nation, when I bring you back, you will be too small for your people. It will be too narrow. For those who devoured you will be far away. The children born during your bereavement will yet say in your hearing, this place is too small for us. Give us more space to live in. Are you hearing these words, Pastor Dan? Oh, then, you will say it, then you will say in your heart, who bore me these? I was bereaved and barren. I was exiled and rejected. Who brought these up? I was left all alone. But these, where have they come from? Now, I'm going to go further in just a moment, but I want you to hear this. So the people that say, well, that, that nation's too small. And that's exactly what God said they would say. And he says, but no, it's not. This is where I brought them back. I'm going to do miraculous things among them. I'm going to protect this tiny little nation filled with people who are saying it's too small. Guess what? There are 9 million people living in Israel now. 8 million of them are Jews. That's one half of the total Jewish population of the world are now living in Israel. And they're still growing. And of course, this war will probably stunt that for a while. But for the longest, they were growing at a rate that all of Israel was worried about where are we going to put all the people there's too many people too many people are coming we're running out of spaces and land and livable land we got to have farmland we got to have this and this and and so that's exactly what Isaiah 49 said right now there are more people living in Israel than has ever lived under any kingly dynasty of Israel before King David's kingdom didn't have 9 million people in it. King Solomon's kingdom didn't have 9 million people in it. None of them had anywhere near that. But here it is returned, more people than ever, bigger than ever. Isaiah 49 said that would happen. And Isaiah 49 also says that the land would appear to be too small and that everybody would complain about it, you know, the Israelites, etc., and people would use that against them. It's too small. It's too small. That's not Israel. And God's saying, oh, yeah, that's who I brought back, and that's the way it is. Then listen to this. People say, yeah, but this was a, a Gentile construction of the, of the, of the, um, you know, the United Nations and the Balfour Declaration and the United States pushing it and Great Britain, a bunch of Gentiles. 
Listen to Isaiah 49 verse 22. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Behold, I will beckon to the Gentiles. I will lift up my banner to the peoples of the nations. They will bring your sons in their arms. They, the Gentiles, will carry your daughters on their shoulders. Kings will be your foster fathers, and their queens will be your nursing mothers. But they will bow down before you with their faces to the ground. They will lick the dust at your feet, and then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will never be disappointed. Then all mankind will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer. I am the Mighty One of Jacob. Oh, my gosh. People say, oh, it's just a Gentile nation. That's what God said. Jews and Gentiles, by the way, made up Israel when it came out of the Promised Land in Exodus 12. The Bible says that. Paul says in Ephesians 2 and 3, Jews and Gentiles under the blood of Jesus make up the church of today. And then he says, and that is the real spiritual Israel. And if you are a Jew or a Gentile under the blood in these last days, you are a true child of Abraham. That is spiritual Israel. Thus, all Israel will be saved. And that's what he means when he says that. He doesn't mean just because you're a Jew, you're going to be saved. Or just because you're living in a returned Israel, you're going to be saved. At that point, he's talking about the spiritual Israel as is represented by the physical Israel that's physically in the land, just like God said. Ezekiel chapter 37 talks about the dry bone coming to life in the last days. Then Ezekiel 38 actually names the lands that, that will begin, the nations that will begin to form alliances to try to get rid of them. They hate them being there. And they're all Muslim nations except Russia, which Islam is its second leading religion and is protected in their constitution. So they kind of are a Muslim nation to that extent. But all the other nations listed there, Persia and Beftogarma, those are the, 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 the tribal lands of ancient Turkey, and on and on, and into Africa and Libya and all of these places, the Middle East, they're all Muslim nations. And now we're watching all the Muslim nations, basically, aligning themselves with Persia, which is Iran, right in the middle of it all. Uh, Magog and Gog, that's probably Russia and even maybe even some of the Far Eastern Chinese people, and they're all in cahoots together. The, the Beth Togarma, for example, that, those are the lands of uh, the tribal uh, people of Turkey. They teach them their schools to their children. The Turkey people, Turkic people do. So all of these are already aligning right now. They're uh, Turkey is threatening Israel right now. China l put out threats to Israel just the other day. Uh, Iran is continually threatening to destroy Israel. And so that's in Ezekiel 30, 37 and 38. So this is what Isaiah 49 is saying. It's the Gentiles that God will use, and therefore some of the Gentiles will even protect you. Uh, they, they, they will be like adopted fathers to you, and, and, but, they will, but they will bow down before you. You won't bow down before them. And when all this happens and you're back in the land and you see all these prophecies fulfilled and you're saying that the land is too small, we got too many people, the Gentiles, then God says, well, then you will know that I am the Lord. And if you will hope in me, you will not be disappointed. Now, I got to end it because it's almost time. So, when you hear this verse in verse 8 of chapter 49, this is what the Lord says, in the time of my favor, I will answer you in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant people to restore the land. Well, that's quoted in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 by Paul. And the context is this, where it says, I in the day of salvation. And then in verse 6, he says, and I will bring you my salvation. Okay. And then in verse 26, the last verse, I, the Lord, am your savior. The word salvation is Yeshua. The word Savior is Yasha that comes from Yeshua. It's, it's the name of Jesus. I yeah. am your Yeshua. I will be your Yasha. I am in the day of Yeshua. I will do this. In the day of Yeshua, you will bless the Gentiles nations. That, so the, the deal is, so Jesus comes in the first century. He goes to the cross. He rises from the grave. He births the church. The gospel is preached. So now we are in the day of Yeshua. We are in the last days. From the resurrection to now, the last thousand years have been the last days. And right about in the middle of it, Israel is reborn. 
and the people are saying, well, it's too small, and it's not the real thing, and, and the Gentiles did it, and I'm screaming, look at Isaiah 49. You're looking at the miracle right before your eyes. And these people saying, well, those aren't real Jews. Uh, get on the Internet. Put that in. Just put in the DNA evidence of the Jews. Here's what they've discovered in the last few days. They're writing about it. They found a grave that dates back to the first temple period. And, right. and they have excavated They have found some DNA. And they said, oh, my gosh, this matches the DNA of the modern Jews and it shows that they are directly related to the Arab people. And the Arab people and the Jews are directly related. And then they can trace the DNA to the place where they originated. Are you ready for this? From the mountains of Turkey. Guess where Noah's Ark landed? Mount Ararat. What came wow. from there? All the peoples of the world. Who, who, who fills that area over there? DNA, largely, they said 80% of the people in Israel are testing out to be Jewish people, with Arab also in them, and but primarily Jewish people. I, I mean, brother, all these lies that Satan is putting out in these last days, the Word of God and modern science is tearing it to pieces. That's all I can say tonight. you got to go. Yeah, um, amen. I, what I will say is please send me a link to that so I don't have to cr drive myself crazy. But Carl, come on, you did that in about 25 minutes. That is just fantastic, and it answered all the questions. You're such a blessing. I'm going to have to run out of here, but you did a very great job, and I really, really appreciate it. I know my listeners do also. And those that don't, well, okay, we come and listen sometime we try <laughs> <laughs> we try uh, yeah, all we praise to Jesus and thank you for your kind words brother alright uh, God bless you and we'll talk again bye bye, okay. bye, -bye. alright folks that was Pastor Carl Gallup Carl Gallup find him at carlgallup.com carlgallup.com and that's fantastic and I'm sure we'll hear more from him of course alright folks we gotta really get out of here but pray about Fort North Saw Mission Church again you can donate online cash out mail check or money order we really need your support to not only stay on air but to feed the, the homeless and poor I say homeless and poor because we feed a lot of people that don't have money to eat but they barely keep an roof overhead but remember there is only one true God who is he he is your father he is the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob his son is Yeshua Homishia he gave his life for repentant sins, and he rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and through him, and only through him, is the word of the Father. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As you can see, there will never be any real peace until Yeshua returns. So you're praying for Messiah to return. Lord our God, Father, King of the universe, I ask in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that Father, you would please, please, please bless and keep these people that are listening. And that your safe face would shine upon them, and that you would be pleased, be gracious to them, and give them peace like no one or nothing else can but you and your son. Until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. Y'all be blessed. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch. 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for the Messiah Branch.